Despite growing up in the information age, it can sometimes feel as if our kids are actually acquiring less information than ever before, especially when it comes to history and current events. With our nation divided as it is between liberal and conservative thought these days, today's media have also become divided as to how they report current events and interpret history. Even the non-political issues are often reported with political agendas in mind. Do our children really know what's going on in the world from the standpoint of objective truth and a biblical worldview? For that matter, do we really know what's actually going on in the world and in our own backyard? How can we all be sure? And why is it so important in the grand scheme of child-rearing? Well, we have our theories, but next we'll talk to someone chest deep in all aspects of media today on Licensed to Parent. You know, we talk regularly about the importance of parents being intentional when it comes to what we allow our kids to be exposed to, particularly through the media. But uh, Trace Embry, you mm. have been involved in uh, in this fight against cultural influences on our kids for years. Yeah. I doubt that many parents have really considered even the topic that we're going to be talking about on today's program when contemplating their parenting strategies. Yeah, you, you know, Rich, uh, I'm amazed at the number of kids today who have uh, they've got unencumbered access to all this information that, just to be real, they probably shouldn't have access to. And yet they still don't seem to know jack squat about diddly squat because so much of the knowledge they're, they're getting is useless and mindless information and entertainment uh, that does little to nothing in the grand scheme of things to build mm -hmm. a platform for, for their future. And, and I, I wasn't even referring to all the sex and violence that they have access to. Uh, let me ask you something. How many parents do you know who actually make their kids consume any news today. I mean, make their kids consume any news, uh, network or otherwise. I think there's an argument for the fact that parents should do exactly that, require it. Strange thing for me to say, I have never been a big fan of the late Ted Kennedy. But I understand that in the Kennedy household, they used to require everybody at the family to like bring a newspaper or magazine article or something to the table. Huh. Now, you know, it doesn't make much for family conversation if everybody's sitting around the table reading the newspaper. Yeah. But at the same time, they were a culturally sensitive family sure. and a news-sensitive family. Mm -hmm. Well, Trace, today's guest probably would not disagree with us on this, and not just because he writes and produces content for the media. He uh, would not do what he does if he didn't deem it to be of the utmost importance to our culture and to our families. Uh, Joseph Farah is the founder, the editor, and chief executive officer of the leading independent news source, WND.com, formerly known as WorldNet Daily, the world's largest Christian website of any kind, broadcast, ministry, or content. Now, not only did he found it, but he also writes a daily column for WND and a weekly newspaper column for Creators Syndicate. Mr. Farah is also the founder and chief executive officer of WND Books, a publishing venture that has produced the highest percentage of New York Times bestsellers per release of any book publisher in the world. He's also the producer of many films, including the documentary The Isaiah 910 Judgment, that's the number one faith movie, 
from 2012 and uh, 2013. And in addition to his work with uh, World Net Daily, WND, Joseph Farah also ran the Sacramento Union, directed the news operation of the Los Angeles Herald-Examiner for six years, and served as editor-in-chief of a group of California daily and weekly newspapers. He uh, has hosted a nationally syndicated daily talk show, has written for such publications as the Wall Street Journal, Jerusalem Post, National Review, TV Guide, and a host of other national, international, and regional publications. He's also an author. Among his own 13 books are Taking America Back and also a book he collaborated on with uh, Rush Limbaugh, the 1994 number one bestseller, See, I Told You So. Mr. Ferris speaks all over the world on topics ranging from the Middle East to faith to the media to domestic policy issues. And now, lo and behold, today we've got him talking about parenting. Joseph, welcome to the License to Parent broadcast. Pleasure to have you on. It's great to be with you guys. Thank you. Well, yeah, this is a program about parenting. Uh, and so I think a lot of parents would, would like to know uh, where are most American young people getting their news today? Well, if they're like the poll suggests, they're getting it from Facebook and Twitter, mm-hmm. uh, which is a little bit uh, distressing when you think about the kind of other content that they're going to see uh, on Facebook and Twitter. But right. uh, they want somebody to, to distill it for them. Right. Uh, and so they go to like-minded people. That's what Facebook is all about, social media. And their friends are the filter. For them, right. <laughs> and uh, you know, uh, at WND, um, we'd like to be everybody's filter, of course, but uh, that's not the case. Um, we are surprisingly, guys. This may shock you, but WND dot com is the largest Christian website in the world. Wow. And so that that brings a tremendous feeling of. We only figured this out a few years ago, and but there's you know now. There's a tremendous responsibility that comes with that. Sure. You know, we feel like, you know, the Lord has given us something here, and we better be really uh, responsible with what He's given to us. The steward. We're all homeschooling uh, Christians, and so you know, our standards are: is it fit for a homeschooling family to read? Uh, and 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 that's where the Christian worldview, I think, is so important. Uh, and bringing it to uh, the dissemination of news. Sure. T- talk for a minute about why it is so important for young people, well, for all people, to have at least a cursory understanding of current events. So what does this do to a young person as he or she is developing for the rest of life? Well, I think it's important. You know, look, you can go back to the American founders. They were for liberty. And many of them have said a nation that is not informed cannot govern itself. But people who are not informed can't govern themselves. That means educated, and it means aware of what's going on in your world today. And and so I think that's really key. I mean, can can a people who are living in some kind of a fantasy world, who are not aware of what's going on around the world, who believe government handouts, who, you know, believe disinformation... Can they govern themselves? Well, yeah, they can govern themselves badly, (laughs) but it's not going to be the kind of successful self-government that our founders envisioned. Well, the advantage our founding fathers had is, by and large, they had a moral citizenry to deal with. I mean, uh, President John Adams himself said a democracy will not work with anything other than a religious people. 
today we have a different citizenry uh, who are almost out there uh, ready to embrace a socialistic, communistic uh, government. And so, so what can Christians do to, to get our citizenry to understand what our founding fathers understood? Because Well, I think first we've got to get the Christians understanding. <laughs> yeah. The assumption that, that Christians are, you know, uh, the embodiment of self-governing individuals in our uh, world today is uh, it's just just not not true at least not you know, right. people who are calling themselves uh, christians mm-hmm. who who uh, that's where we ought to start right and 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 also by the way i believe it's you know going to second chronicle 7:14 you know sure. it's about the believers who need to repent of no doubt their about sins it. and get right with it that's where revival comes from that's where you know, a nation is healed when the believers, God's talking to his people mm-hmm. who have, you know, carry his name. So therefore, I think, you know, Christians shouldn't be worried so much about all the terrible things they see people and, you know, and governments doing around them. They need to get down on their knees. They have all the power. And, and so I, I think that that's where we need to start. We need to start, you know, educating ourselves within the church, being informed, being responsible, um, governing ourselves effectively so that we become like this, you know, shining city on a hill that we, we, we talk about so often. Why are we not doing this? Well, I think because there's a lot of intimidation. You know, I think that there's a lot of uh, Christians who just think that, you know, we shouldn't be offensive to anybody. But, you know, that's really not what Jesus talked about in the gospel. Not at all. I mean, he said, you know, he, he said, if they persecuted me, they're going to persecute you. Yeah. And so uh, that we need to expect that and we need to embrace it, by the way. Yeah. Our guest today is author, columnist, speaker, and the founder of WND.com, formerly World Net Daily, Joseph Farah. We've got to take a quick break here. You're listening to Licensed to Parent, back with more conversation with Mr. Farah right after this. In the training of our children, what role should public school play? Documentarian Colin Gunn takes a panoramic exploration of this issue by hopping in a school bus for a field trip all over America in the DVD Indoctrination. Colin conducts a series of candid interviews and discovers how God's recipe for training the next generation is being replaced with a humanistic, man-centered program that fragments the family and undermines the influence of the church and the Great Commission. Christian teachers and principals share how they're attempting to walk the tightrope between teaching what they do not believe and being restricted from their God-given call to be salt and light. Indoctrination, Public Schools and the Decline of Christianity in America. Available in the Licensed to Parent store at LicensedToParent.org. Proceeds support the Shepherds Hill Academy Student Scholarship Fund. Hello, this is Dave Barton of Wall Builders. You know, history repeatedly validates the many benefits of an authentic biblical worldview. The Licensed to Parent radio broadcast helps restore that worldview back into the hearts and minds of today's parents, and Shepherd's Hill Academy successfully demonstrates that troubled teens and their parents can still experience the abundant life while being fully equipped to win back our culture to biblical truth. The Licensed to Parent broadcast teaches timeless biblical principles and answers that are lived out every day at Shepherd's Hill Academy. Both demonstrate that a biblical worldview provides guiding principles that work successfully every time they're applied. 
With the generous gifts from people just like you, we're able to provide parents with practical insights to navigate the challenges families face in today's culture, as well as helping troubled teens in our year-long residential program. To learn more and to donate, visit LicensedToParent.org. Welcome back. This is Licensed to Parent, and you'll find us online at licensedtoparent.org. Our host is Trace Embry. I'm Rich Rosl, and our guest today is Joseph Farah, the founder and director of WND.com, a great source of news. In fact, as we were talking at the beginning of the program, uh, probably the leading Christian website in terms of number of visitors, both for news and other content uh, on the planet. And uh, Joseph, as we talk about trying to get good sources of news and how that's been greatly filtered down by social media and whatnot, I will tell you that I lived in something of a bubble or a cocoon for years where all of my news sources were conservative news sources. And I found that when visiting with liberal friends, now we're talking conservative versus liberal versus Christian and non-Christian, but in visiting with some liberal friends, they'd be bringing up some stuff I had never heard. And it was a different perspective. And so I decided I want to get a broader perspective on the news. I still want to look at it through the lens of a biblical worldview, but I want a broader perspective. Give me your thoughts on balancing the various sides of any story and still being able to approach it with a biblical worldview. Is it okay, for example, for us as parents to have our kids reading uh, the Huffington Post, or you know, other other sources like that that aren't that aren't WorldNet Daily. It's a profound and complicated question that you ask, but I will do my best. First of all, if you want your kids reading the Huffington Post, you just need to be aware that it is a moral cesspool over there oh, because sure. they're not involved in the news business whatsoever. Understand? You have to understand what is news. Huffington Post is largely a collection of insane bloggers who who are just saying whatever they think off the top of their head. There's no research. There's no, you know, very little interviewing going on. No news standards whatsoever. And, you know, it's one of the largest websites in the world, sadly. Um, So I would say if you really expect to learn anything about what's going on in our world, there's no point going to the Huffington Post, whether it's a child or a discerning adult. Um, with regard to the fair and balanced question, um, you know, that's a, that's a marketing slogan of Fox News. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's all it is. Fair and balanced is not a journalistic goal, at least in the traditional sense of American journalism. And, and by the way, I have to say one thing about American journalism. This is where it was invented. This is where the free press was birthed yeah. 230 years ago in the colonies of America. People don't understand this, that that this is where it all started. There's no history of the free press before the 1770s, right. none whatsoever. And so, you know, it's something we take for granted today, that everybody's got free expression rights and all this stuff, but it's, they're endangered. In the history of the world, it's uh, very, very scarce. We should probably add to that, by the way, that, that the free press did not necessarily mean a balanced press, but we had the freedom to express ourselves and report the stories as we saw them. Yeah. Now, let me deal with that whole fairness and, and balance question. I, the, the goal should be 
in in the in the standards of American journalism that we created here in the last couple hundred years, truth, seeking the truth, that requires a journalist to you know do interviews to to talk to as many people as he can possibly talk to to seek out the truth because you know uh, there, there's wisdom in the counsel of many right so mm-hmm. those those are really two different things it it the seeking of the truth brings the fairness and the balance but fairness and yeah. balance shouldn't be the highest objective because you can talk to people who are deliberately lying to you and on the other you know my 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 example of why fair and balanced journalism breaks down is in the middle east where i used to be a foreign correspondent in the middle east and and this is where it hit me because if your goal is to talk to the two sides and one of them is lying through his teeth and the other one's trying to be you know sincere and give you honest answers where does that kind of balance bring you? It brings you to a half-truth at best. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's <laughs> a good so point. You, you need to go deeper in journalism than talking to the two sides and presenting them as if they're somehow morally equal. Yeah, but <laughs> you it, must. In the, in the people I talk to, you can almost tell by the worldview, they come, the perspective that, that they come from, that they're getting their information from two different sources. It's like a person is a yeah. sum total of the information that he gets, like, Rich was kind of saying, I understand that conservative Republican uh, Scott Walker from Minnesota, conservative guy, has two college-age boys who are pro-gay marriage. Now, how is this perhaps indicative of kids getting their news and or entertainment from different sources and perspectives than their parents? Yeah, well, that, that and you know, I, I hear this. I, I'm father of five, grandfather of, of three, so you know, I I see this with my own kids, who all, you know, turn out to be, you know, pretty conservative, Bible-believing Christians. But even there's a distinction between their view of these issues and and mine, because, and I believe it's because of the, you know, the pervasive spirit in their generation, right. which is so much in opposition to our values. It's overwhelming. It's, it's something we, even for those of us who grew up in the 60s, like I did, you know where the, all of this cultural revolution began. Right. Exactly. I mean, today it's light years beyond anything we could have imagined yeah. back then. Well, uh, in light of the fact that there's so many young people oblivious to current events these days, all I got to do is watch Fox News, Waters World, or Jaywalking when, when Leno was was on. Uh, do you think parents should require that their kids uh, get some form of regular, uh, objective as possible news? Oh, absolutely. There's no such thing as objective. I wouldn't throw that in there. The objectivity is not, again, it's like going back to that fairness and balance question. We at WND, we never would publish something without going to the opposition. And I mean, that, that's, that's standard American journalism. It's not done by the mainstream journalists mm-hmm. today. It's yeah. not. Everything's upside down. They talk about standards. They don't use them. We do. We're using the same. See, I've been in this business for 40 years. I've run daily newspapers. I've done everything you can do in mainstream secular journalism, okay? I'm using the same standards I've always used. 
they're they're the ones who have allowed the standards to shift so dramatically, mm-hmm. but they still hang on to this, you know, euphemistic mainstream <laughs> media right. uh, label, which uh, which elevates them to some status that you know those of us who who do traditional, uh, honest, you know, reporting, yeah. we don't get that label. But it's interesting to me that uh, even when the same in, uh, information is given people still come to different conclusions. Sure. Uh, you, you, and, you know, we, we welcome that. We think that debate is great. Mm-hmm. You know, you asked the question about should kids be introduced to the news. Our kids were all, uh, they were involved in, you know, Christian speech and debate, you know, competitively across the nation. And, and they were debating the issues of the day. And, of course, they had to, they had to read the news to know what they were talking about. I mean, yeah. it was just... And you know, and historical issues too, mm-hmm. it, and and so I think that's absolutely important. Our kids need to be better educated than the world's kids, right? And absolutely. I think to a great extent, especially the homeschooling movement has shown that we can do that. Yeah. Uh, the the sad thing to me is that there are so few Christian schools of integrity giving options to. To uh, Christian parents, right. uh, that that that's that I don't understand that. I don't know why, why Christians have ste- you know it was Christians who started the public schools. Right. Well, now they they've been taken over by an antichrist kind of spirit. So mm-hmm. where are the Christians to start the Christian schools all over again? Well, it goes back to the, to a citizenry that that basically had a biblical worldview, whether they understood that or not. Uh, you, you've been reported as saying that you'd rather have your teenager drop out of public school than attend it. Is it first of all, is that true? And then uh, mm-hmm. second, uh, can, can you talk about that? Yeah, well, our kids didn't go to public school, but if for some, if they had been forced to, mm-hmm. yes, I would. I would do anything in my power. Look, it's in, they're indoctrination centers for you know a, a mm-hmm. secular, morally relativistic worldview. Yeah. That's that's all it is. Evolutionary and, thought, and if postmodern kid, thought. Kids go into that environment with faith; they're going to come out of it without it nine times out of ten, yeah. and it happens in college and university yeah. as well. Kids who are well-grounded in their faith lose their faith after they go through these indoctrination centers. Who are we to believe? We're somehow not... Uh, you know, we, that we have an immunity right. to this kind of indoctrination. Well, it's happened all over the world. Yep. We can see the results. Hitler's youth. You know, when you yeah. send your kids to Babylon, don't be surprised when they come home Babylonians. Well, well now, to, <laughs> to, to, be, to be fair and balanced here... <laughs> mm-hmm. um, could we not say the same thing, though, about Christian schools? I mean, there are kids who go through the public school system whose faith is strengthened. Uh, there are kids who go through Christian school who feel that they have just gone through a brainwashing indoctrination and they lose their faith. So can we pin that on the public well, school system? Well, I think system? that depends on the strength of the kid going in. You know, uh, but that and jo- potentially Joseph, the strength of the school, I would imagine. Well, you know, combination of the two. But Joseph, well, there, there, there's no magic bullet. You know, we're, mm-hmm. we're all born as as individuals who... You know, God gives us free will right. to make the decision. But how many kids are we given a chance to even hear the biblical 
worldview. Mm-hmm. There you to, go. To, to hear the gospel for yeah. crying out loud. There you who go. really understand it and who could explain it to you. Mm-hmm. I mean, I don't think we're giving those opportunities to kids anymore. Uh, a guy is going in, into Bible college who are studying for the ministry. Uh, it's been reported that they don't even know the difference between the Saul of the Old Testament and the Saul of the New Testament. Uh, the, <laughs> the, the garden variety heathen in second grade knew, knew that difference, uh, you know, years a few ago. years ago. Absolutely, yeah. But, but just years ago. 150 years ago, absolutely. But when I look around at some of the apparent mindless court decisions and changes in the law over the past couple of decades, I can't help but believe that America's enemies have infiltrated our ranks. Uh, And I'm talking from the White House on down in our government, from the universities on down in our education, as you just alluded to, our our music, movies, uh, and media at all levels, and even in the church. Now, in, in light of Nikita Khrushchev's threat in 1960 to conquer us from within... Do you think that's happening right now? Well, I I think you're absolutely right. And, you know, one of the important things to remember is it's what Solzhenitsyn said, you know, when when he was asked what happened to your country, Russia, the Soviet Union. Mm -hmm. He said, you know, simply, we we forgot about God. You know, and that's what's happening in this country. And the thing is, if you forget about God, it doesn't mean God's not there anymore. God's there. Mm -hmm. But... What happens when you forget about him is you want to make some other god the god of your life. Right. Mm-hmm. And what's happening now is that god is government. Yeah. It, it, or it, self. It's, it's it's yeah, but it's largely it's the you know where where do we put our faith? Who mm-hmm. is now creating our rights in America today? Yeah. Okay, the right to marry a member of the same sex, you know, government is creating those rights. Well, government can't create rights. Only God can. But as a government of the people, isn't our government just taking its cues uh, for political uh, gain from the people? The government has a tendency, and her founders knew this, to empower itself, Mm -hmm. to seek more and more power. That's why all these... um, checks and balances were placed on government in the Constitution. Mm-hmm. And and I believe government is a force to be reckoned with once it it is not restrained by constitutional limits anymore. And every day you can watch well, happening now, the right? U.S. government, you know, violating the Constitution yeah. in some crazy way. And and I, I think that there's, there's kind of a natural force in government that seeks more and more power. And it's Think about it. What other institution in our life competes more with God directly, head on, head to head, than government does? When government is telling people it's your right to do this, it's your right to do that, rights don't come from government because if they did, they're not rights. They, if they can give them, they can take them away. Right. God gives us our rights. Our founders understood this. And when we talk about an educated public in America, anyway, people don't get this concept. Mm-hmm. That if you believe, let's say, in freedom of speech, as our founders did, um, that they believed it was an inalienable right. It came from God. Right. Okay, But that's and, a premise they believed in, though. That's right. The government, though, what, what does the government do? Well, they put a bunch of restrictions on freedom of speech, and eventually... Freedom of speech. You know, today, I saw a poll recently where 50% of the American people don't necessarily believe in freedom of speech. They don't necessarily believe in freedom of religion anymore. These are not, to them, inherent, inalienable rights that come, that they're endowed by God. Yeah. And, and it, you know, if you don't get that, no wonder you 
don't care about God. No yeah. wonder you might hate God, yeah. because you think that freedom is something you can define for yourself or government can define for you. Our guest today is author, columnist, speaker, and the founder of WND.com, Joseph Farah. It has been a delight, sir, to have you with us on License to Parent. Thanks so much for Absolutely. taking time out of your day today. Thank you, guys. Thank we you. Appreciate it. And you can find out more about Joseph Farah and, of course, uh, the former World Net Daily at WND.com. And speaking of websites, we'd like to direct you to ours as well, LicensedToParent.org. There you can find a couple of videos that are, uh, in a number of ways, tied into some of our conversation today. One is called Captivated, Finding Freedom in a Media Captive Culture. And the other is Indoctrination, Public Schools and the Decline of Christianity in America. These two DVDs can equip you as parents to address some of the issues that you'll be facing in raising your children and raising your teenagers. Uh, in today's non-Christian friendly culture. Again, you can find Captivated and Indoctrination, both of these DVDs in the store at LicensedToParent.org. I'm Rich Rosal, and on behalf of Trace Embry, thanks so much for joining us on today's License to Parent. We hope you'll make plans to join us again next time and once again renew your License to Parent. And remember, folks, if you don't train or inform your children, somebody else will. God bless you. See you next time.